Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Way back in the day when I was first married and Beth would get, say, angry about something, and I could remember like, wow, I'm not going to stoop to that level to raise my voice or to show anger. And it was because I just felt I was holier than she was. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show, everyone. How are y'all doing? Are you talking to me? I don't know. Am I talking to the audience? Welcome to Paradox. I'm Jimmy Myers, along with Joshua Myers. Howdy. And you can uh, check out more about Paradox at ParadoxPodcast.com. And you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at jmyersfam and on Facebook, Dr. Jimmy Myers. For you tens of people listening out there, um, every time he says, hit me up, Y'all need to go to our website Come and on, flood G. us with comments of Come how on, ridiculous that Don't is. Don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Oh, Lord. 56-year-old white man saying, G, hater. You, know <laughs> I... uh, you can find the show on the interwebs uh, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Docs Podcast. You can find me, Josh, at all three of those platforms. It is Doc. Josh Myers. Instagram is much more personal photos. Uh, Twitter, as well as Facebook, is going to be interesting articles that I'm reading. Um, so definitely follow, uh, follow us and follow me there. Do you know how much better marriages would be if there was not another person involved? Uh, It'd be so much easier. I was about to say I would love that, but no, no, no. Uh, no conflict of emotions. Um, if we could have our emotions surgically removed then marriages would also be better. (laughs) Yeah, but the tricky thing is we're created emotional creatures, so we have to have them. Um, And that was my experience early on in marriage, um, not having emotions. Um, I can remember we were either engaged or newly married, and I can remember Katie going out of town. Her folks live in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and I can remember her going out of town to visit them and her like almost crying because she was going to miss me so much. And I'm like, I mean, I'm saying verbally, right? Like, I'm going to miss you. But <laughs> I mean, I just, you couldn't wait for her to get out of town. <laughs> I'm like, really truthfully inside. I'm like, it's only seven days. Get over it. Right. Um, there is a complete lack and void of emotion. Um, I can also remember knowing cognitively that I love her, but struggling to really find the feelings. Um, A little bit of my history, when I was really, really young, uh, I was always a sensitive kid. Um, And you were dropped on your head. Make sure you (laughs) mention that. I was always a sensitive kid. I mean, I would be like wrecked um, watching starving kids in Africa commercials. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and as an adolescent, you're, you're really groomed as a, as a young man um, to not be that way, especially on the football field. Um, so as, as I grew and as I matured and in my adolescence, I really prided myself on not being emotional. But when I first entered marriage, I'm like, there's a problem with this. My wife, my kids, eventually they'll need my emotion. So my complete lack of emotion, there was an issue. So I've set out for the past six years and really tried to flip that on its head, tried to learn to be emotional. But in that quest, I actually noticed that on the other end of the spectrum, on the other end of the spectrum, I believe that people can feel too much, male or female. Mostly female. <laughs> male. Well, guys can be controlled, and that's what we're talking about. Our topic today is being controlled by our emotions, feeling too much. If, if a, there's a lot of people, uh, young males, if there's a lot of people out there that struggle to feel, the other end of the spectrum is just as bad, feeling too much. And so while there are certainly many women that struggle with this, I believe that there's just as equal amount of guys that struggle with it, but different emotions, right? Absolutely. They're controlled and they by handle, anger and all these other they things. They handle it differently. Um, because it's not just about yelling or crying. There's an equal number of people, to your point, male and female mostly male, that they just shut down. Um, way back in the day when uh, I was first married and Beth would get, say, angry about something, um, and I could remember, like, wow, I'm not going to stoop to that level to raise my voice or to show anger. And it was because I just felt I was holier than she was. Of course. Well, you were training to be a preacher, man. Please. And it didn't take me long to realize, no, I was just as mad as she was. I just shut down. And, and many people choose that. So we're not, and when people tell me this, I just chuckle at them now, you know, kind of doing what we do now. When they just say, I don't really, I don't really get mad. Oh, so Jesus formed a bullwhip and drove people out of the temple, but you're just so holy, um, you never get angry. They're just meditating all the time. Of course you get angry, but we're just, we just, we just associate it with crying or yelling or whatever. So this isn't about emotional outbursts because it also, it also can be just shutting down and not speaking for a day or two. But it's, you know, today we want to talk about how we cannot let our emotions control us yep. and in many ways sabotage our relationships and how we can move at least closer into us controlling them. Yep. So the first problem with having too strong of emotions and being too connected to our emotions is that we're controlled by them. Um, it, they start to run our experiences and more than that, they start to run our, our thought life. And so, you know, if we if we learn to 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 control our emotions, um, then experiences just become that they become experiences that we kind of have and then move on from. But when we have uh, when we're controlled by our emotions, experiences that can happen one day can turn into weeks because we sit and we ruminate and we think about it and we um, we, we feel either anger or vindictive towards this person. How can I get back at them or we're feeling sad about what we did? how awful we are as people. Why did I do such a stupid thing? And one experience can turn into hours, days, and weeks of us just mm -hmm. feeling things. Mm -hmm. So the first problem and why we need to learn to be less emotional is that we, we're, we're controlled by our emotions at that point. Um, also, we need to understand that just because we feel something 
doesn't make it true. Uh, feelings are extremely unreliable. I hear people say this all the time. You know, just just follow your heart, man. You just got to just say, just, you know, like follow your heart. Are you smoking a doobie? No, I'm, I'm being a hippie. Mm. And so we, we, this is, this is part of our, um, our, our culture is, is, you know, you just got to follow your heart. Don't ever follow your heart. Jeffrey Dahmer followed his heart and he ate people. So which is why in Jeremiah 19, seven scripture says that the heart is deceitful among all things. And so just because we feel something doesn't make it true. Um, if, if our heart feels our, our, our heart has to be led by our brain, not our brain led by our heart, uh, in, in, in Romans 12, one, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by a renewing of your heart. No, a renewing of your spirit. No, by renewing of your mind. And so our brains have to lead the way. Now we can obviously err on both sides. Um, there are those, again, those people that are, are, are just led by their emotions and they're nothing but emotions. But then there are in this, in this tends to be guys, satire in family systems theory talked about, uh, people who super intellectualize. And so if I can keep this discussion about what rationally occurred and, and let's, let's, let's look back over the timeline and, and make sure that we don't have any discrepancy, as long as I can keep this argument or this conflict on this uber intellectual level, then I get to avoid the down and dirty emotions. Sure. And that's kind of what I struggled mm -hmm. with, keeping everything at a cognitive level. Yeah. And let, me and let me just throw this in really quick. What I think probably you and I both see in our practice, more than the people who are going to super intellectualize, is I see people that super spiritualize. Spiritualize, yeah. So, oh, this is just, well, you know, just God led me and God said this and I just prayed about this and they just keep it all up here. And, and it's like, well, what are you, what, what you going to do? How are you going to criticize that? I mean, it's, a, it's almost like a slam dunk in a, Christian, in a Christian marriage. It's called the God card. Yes. And but all they're doing is avoiding the harsh reality that we live in a world of emotions yeah. and we have to deal with it. Yep. Um, so first problem of having too many emotions, you're controlled by them. Second, feelings are highly unreliable. Um, third, if we have too many emotions, if we're too connected with our emotions, feelings become facts. Um, and that's just not true. You know, Jimmy just a few seconds ago talked about checking your emotions with your head and the renewing of your mind. Feelings so often are unreliable. And when they become our truth, when they become fact for us, then we have a completely distorted perspective. So another danger in having too strong emotions, being too connected to them, is that our feelings become fact and they distort our point of view. And if we were honest... And we could look back over our even recent histories, we would probably agree that there were times that we felt something was absolutely true. And it turned out not to be. But we knew it was. I tell people all the time, I, how many cowboy games and longhorn football games that I missed the ending because I turned it off. Because they were just so stupid. They're going to lose. And I just knew it. And then the news, the next they morning. come back. It's like <laughs> the greatest thing in history. But I knew it. Yeah. 
and if we're honest and look back over, there are many times that we feel something very strongly and it turns out not to be true. Correct. So feelings, if man, if there's something you can walk away from today, uh, you know, just in a little souvenir box, it is that phrase, feelings are not facts. I feel like no one loves me. I feel like no one around here cares about me. Uh, no one else helps out around here. I get how you could feel that way, but just because you feel that way does Doesn't not make, it, make true. it true. And then lastly, as we're defining the problem, is unchecked emotions um, are really bad. Um, and again, unchecked emotions can also be I'm sullen and I pout for three days. So it's not just crying and yelling and screaming. Uh, but unchecked emotions can lower our level of functioning. It's, um, it's almost, you know, when you, and again, I say this all the time, but it, you take any situation, interject adrenaline into it, and it makes it worse. It's almost like alcohol. Take any alcohol, uh, any situation, inject alcohol into it, and pretty much the chances of it going sideways increase exponentially. Uh, and it's the same way about adrenaline, about unchecked emotions. Uh, our, our level of functioning goes down, and in a very real sense, unchecked emotions can kill us. I mean, literally take our lives because uh, stress. We now know that we were never intended to have cortisol and adrenaline coursing through our veins all day, every day, from road rage in the morning to getting upset at work, to road rage in the afternoon and getting mad that people aren't doing what they're supposed to do at night. We were never created for we that. We never come down off those hormones. No. We were created to experience it when a lion was chasing us. Correct. But yeah, not, not all day, but every not day. not all day, every day. And so we, we find our arteries start hardening and plaque begins to build all because of the way we process information in our life and experience these very strong emotions. Yeah. 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 So they lower our level of functioning. We have not said it's important. It's an important caveat that needs to be said that we are created. Well, I did say this piece, but we're created to be emotional. So emotions are not bad in and of themselves. So sadness really, really healthy, but unchecked per Jimmy's point, unchecked sadness turns into clinical depression. Um, worry, there's a healthy, healthy level of anxiety, um, even stress if there was a lion chasing us, right? So emotions in and of themselves are really, really healthy, but unchecked, it turns into pathology. Yeah. You can get too much of a good thing. Um, so you controlled by your emotions, feelings are not facts, feelings are unreliable, as well as these unchecked emotions can lead to horrific, uh, things, uh, as well as pathology. Uh, so what do we do? Um, first of all, we attempt to not be controlled by emotions and to do that, we have to pair it with objective truth. So when I'm walking through my day and I have an experience where I have a really strong emotional urge, I have to, um, pair it with objective truth. I have to, 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 to pair it with reality. Um, and often I, I commu communicate it to people. It's almost like, so when we're first person uh, going throughout our day, it's almost like we have blinders. If you could almost like video game style, kind of zoom out of your life and view it third person, you, there's an objective 
um, truth that comes out of that. You can see your life. You can see the different decisions that could be made. You could see, well, should I do this, go down this path? Should I go on this other? How should I have behaved in that situation? If you can only learn to practice zooming out and viewing your situation and that experience from a third-person point of view, almost like you were talking to a friend, what should I have done here, but you're talking to yourself, um, that allows you to be able to connect with that objective truth. But do not talk to that imaginary friend because that could get you darted in the neck <laughs> and carted off to Shoal Creek Mental Hospital. So I get what control? you're saying. Just don't verbally talk Correct. to the third person. Um, and and a, a great way within a marriage, let's just talk about a marriage relationship. One of the great ways, because that can sound almost psychobabblish and, and, and sort of uh, technical, but a way of looking at this is just using the word empathy. And, and we, we, if we've talked about it before, and we, the, the empathy will be an ongoing theme because empathy may be the Willy, Willy Wonka's golden ticket within a marriage relationship or parenting, just in relationships, period. Your ability to empathize, I can see it through another person's eyes. When I can look at my, try to envision how I look through their eyes. You want to talk, talk about something that will get you off your high horse in a heartbeat is, is empathy. So that's a great way to kind of accomplish that. Correct. And, and not only empathy for somebody else, but empathy for yourself. Yes. You know, we can be very much controlled by our emotions and self-deprecation. Mm -hmm. I can feel like I'm an awful person, that I'm not attractive, that I say stupid things. And we can go so inside our own head and stress and be controlled by those emotions, those negative emotions about ourselves. So often we need empathy towards ourselves, yeah. understanding that we're a child of God, that we're a sinner saved by grace, that we have people that love us. So being able to put yourself in your own shoes, if you will, um, and and see from your own perspective that 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 you are and a great way of doing of the that king. is is having this idea of a double standard. If you say, okay, why am I stupid? I say stupid things. Well, what have I said that I consider stupid? Well, I said this. Well, if your best friend said that, would you think they were stupid? Well, if they did that, would you think they are just, uh, you know, completely uncoordinated and no one wants to have them around or blah, 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 whatever. If you if you can look at what you're, the standard you're holding yourself yourself up to, put that standard on another person. Would you feel the same way? And you no. OK, then then we are we're misconstruing, you know, uh, when we look at ourselves. So if we don't want to be controlled by our emotions, we want to practice empathy um, and we want to in those experiences where we're feeling such strong emotions that we want to pair it with objective truth, how do we find objective truth? Um, there certainly is that third person video game type mentality where what would I counsel a friend to do in this? Well, I need to do that to myself. But there's also seeking counsel. From an actual third party. Yeah. So there's there's going to a, a therapist, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be a pastor. It can be um, a really good friend that will tell you truth. A mentor. A mentor. Absolutely. So if you don't know, even in practicing trying to find objective truth, if you struggle with that, then it's, all right, who are two to three people that I know, love, and trust? Let me tell them about this situation and hopefully be sensitive enough to accept, um, because they're going to have a, I often tell, uh, my actor kids, I work with kids that might be actors that 
when they're in the middle of a performance on the stage, do they have the best view of what's going on on the stage? And the obvious answer is no. Well, where do you need to be in that auditorium to have a really good view of the stage and the production? That's in the audience, people from the outside. So often we, being in our own minds, do not have the best view of ourselves and our situations and how we should respond. So getting to a third-person point of view, someone that knows you well, that can hear the story, they have the better perspective of you than you have of you. Um, to be able to apply that objective truth. And I think our very first Paradox t-shirt needs to have on it, because I keep saying brand this on their frontal lobe, I've Mm -hmm. got to come up with another way of trying to remember phrases. And what would that be? This phrase is, your first response is your worst response. This is true of parenting. This is true in any and all relationships, because our first response tends to be adrenaline-driven. Uh, our first response is normally when we're going to say or do those things that we go back and, and take back later. So how we can overcome being controlled by our emotions is uh, realize that the first thing that comes to my brain to do or say is probably the last thing that I need to do or say. Uh, I see people all the time that they have a thought come in their head that they're angry about something or they're sad about something. And if they have the thought, it has to come out of their mouth. There's no filter. Uh, And so if you're feeling a feeling or an emotion, you do not have to act on it. That's the great thing about being a grown-up. Such a novel idea. I know. I can feel it. I can experience it. And I can just sit on it uh, and not necessarily express it, especially right when I'm beginning to feel it, when pretty much it's adrenaline driven. Yeah. So if you're, if you're out there and you feel like, man, my spouse is just lacking emotions. They don't know how to feel. They're so absent when it comes to emotions. Maybe take a look internal. You might be the spouse that is feeling emotions too too much. much. Um, And to, 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 to move away from that objective truth is important. Not acting when we first experience the feelings, as well as practicing empathy for the other person, as well as yourself, is highly uh, important. And two things from me. Remember, feelings are not facts, and your first response is your worst response. So. Thanks for listening today. Thank us later. Seriously. <laughs> no, I, in fact, if you wanted to send cash, you know, like if, if this really helped you, please, brothers and sisters, Don't. send money. We will give you an argument cloth that you can place. No. This is this is his Benny Hinn approach here. Yes. The prayer clause, don't you remember that? No. A piece of the cross we'll send you for fifty nine ninety five. A piece who promised a piece of the cross? Well, it was one of those televangelist creepy guys. Wow. Yep. On that note. Love you guys. Thanks take for care. joining us. Bye. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Gar. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I set out to write this book because I needed it. And, um, and so while we do examine the roots of rejection and why we're feeling the way that we're feeling, the place that we're going to get to is learning to live love so that we can look at life through life through the lens of 
rather than hurt and pain and rejection, we can look at life through the lens of how very loved we are by God. 